How's it going, folks? Welcome to Found Flicks. On this inning Explained, we're looking at The Offering, following the son of a Hasidic funeral director who returns home with his pregnant wife in hopes of reconciling with his father. Little do they know, an ancient evil lurking inside a mysterious corpse has sinister plans for their unborn child. I'm sure like a lot of you out there, I spend a lot of time looking for stuff to watch. It's especially hard when you've seen pretty much everything, and a lot of times I end up watching stuff that I've never heard of at all. Usually, they're absolute crap, but every now and then I am pleasant surprised. That is the case with The Offering. I ended up really digging it. Sure, it's not the most original horror flick ever, but it is quite solid. I appreciate the novelty of the Jewish folklore and mysticism aspect of the story, as there aren't too many in that particular subgenre. It is also quite slick visually from a cinematography standpoint, and also the dated appearance of the sets makes this really feel like a throwback. I've seen some comparisons to The Conjuring, but I'd say The Offering was more inspired by the same classic 70s haunted house flicks that also inspire The Conjuring. It definitely feels designed to remind us of those classics, and overall this is simply a great and thrilling time. See, sometimes random finds do work out. Just, you know, not usually. So let's check out the offering, breaking down the story, including what the demon is all about, and explaining the surprising ending. Some text clues us in on who we'll be tending with in our story, a bizu. In the myths of the Near East and Europe, there is one terrifying female demon, depicted in amulets, paintings, and stories from as early as the first century AD. She has dozens of names in multiple languages and religions, but carries only one horrifying attribute, the taker of children. That doesn't sound good. And a quite slick long take, we're guided through a cluttered ritual room with symbols all over the walls and doors. On another is scrawled, do not feed it. Good advice. We flow deeper into the musty book depository and a bird squawks up for a jump scare. A haggard man, Yosil, snatches it, slashes its throat and burns it in a barrel. He takes the ashes and scatters them in a circle around him. He brings some books closer and one spirit slides away. Yosil stares into a dark corner and continues chanting. He's stopped by more creaking and a surprise visitor. His wife, Ada, expresses concern over what he's doing. You have to stop, she insists. You're hurting us! Burning to hell, he growls back. Well, that's not very nice. But his anger was justified, as it's not actually his wife, but just a trick of some kind, seeing that she's vanished. He reads in Hebrew from his book, and the creaking becomes more intense, and the words begin to bleed away on the page. He drops the book, staring back to that dark corner, hearing a child giggling nearby. A little dark-eyed girl, Sarah, playfully asks what he's doing. But gets serious. You know what happens if I don't feed. Well, don't feed it, you know. He tries to keep his wits about him, trying to get through that this is all in his mind. She strolls right up to his barrier, kicking at the ash. She teases him with the possibility of seeing his wife again, and he spits back, I'll never feed you again. Very well, she shrugs, there is always others. Yosil can't help but be enticed. Wait, he calls after, you promise? Yeah, sure, I definitely trust this demon kid to keep his promises. She slinks into the darkness, laying out a life for your wife. He takes a step out of his circle of protection, declaring, I'm coming, Ada, and forgive me God. A black, smoky spirit flies into his mouth, causing black webs to form on his skin. Just as it enters, he stabs himself in the chest, hearing a demonic roar. He clutches an amulet that scalds his hand. He drops to the floor, writhing, and the screaming continues. He goes limp, and the darkness fades from his eyes. Within the amulet, we see the same swirling blackness contained now in the necklace, meaning that Yosil's sacrifice wasn't in vain, and he has captured the demon within the amulet. Well, let's just hope no one breaks it. That wouldn't be good. Well, we didn't have a movie then either. In a heavily Jewish populated neighborhood in Brooklyn, Arthur is returning to his childhood home after some time away, now joined by his pregnant wife, Claire.
Claire. He thanks her for even coming and promises that things will be different this time. Sounds like there's some friction with Art's dad over her not being Jewish. As he told her, sure, my son loves you, but you'll never be family. Thanks for the warm welcome, Pops. Golly. Art takes in the older building, welcoming himself home with a weary sigh. Nearby, there's a missing poster for Sarah, the girl from the opening. Art's dad runs a funeral parlor, and they are currently hosting the girl's service. Claire is a bit overwhelmed when first entering, wondering how did he grow up like this? She gets shushed for even speaking, and the guy slams the door. They're then joined by Art's dad, Saul, and things do seem a bit tense between them, until Saul brings him in for a big-hearted hug. He turns to Claire, calling her Britain's finest. She politely offers her hand, and he again goes in for a warm embrace. We are family, right? He offers, and invites them to check out their digs. At dinner, Clara is impressed by all the traditional Jewish fare. There's some kind of dumpling that she's never had before. Kreplok, Saul corrects. It really looks like he is trying to make Clara feel welcome, asking about the baby, and suggests that she could be a writer just like her mom. Clara is surprised that he's even read her work, and Art boasts that she's a great writer and is working on a cookbook for the ages. Saul agrees that food is important. It connects our body to our soul, as they say. Arthur gets distracted by a phone call and quickly excuses himself. This leaves Saul a chance to clear the air. He regrets not going to their wedding and admits that when you see the world a certain way, it's not easy to accept change. He apologizes, which he tries to brush off. He disagrees, and well, they are here to give things another shot, right? He tenderly takes her hand, and again, it really seems that he's turned over a new leaf since his son last saw him. Unfortunately, it appears that Art has another motivation for being here beyond mending the relationship. On the phone, there's mention of a contract and that they can't do anything unless his dad signs it. Without his help, the bank will take his home by the end of the week. Downstairs, they bond further over some photos, as well as the upcoming baby. Eyeing a photo of Sarah, she grows unsettled, asking just what happened. They prayed, hoped, and searched for her for some time, and eventually found her. Terrible, just terrible, he shudders, and that's all he reveals. Art returns, and his dad beams that he's a big real estate mogul now. He cheerily toasts to new beginnings and to life. You can't have life without death, and they soon are drawn back to work. They have another longtime employee, Hamish, who doesn't seem to be a big fan of Arthur, ribbing him, saying that the prodigal son has returned, and joking that they'll convert Claire soon enough. They unzip the fresh meat, and it's none other than Yosil. Saul recognizes him as a brilliant scholar, and fills us in on what led him to this path. After his wife died, he became a recluse. He got more and more desperate to find a way to reach his wife on the other side. A few months back, they actually even did her funeral. He did everything he could to save her, and well, what is a man without his wife? Arthur is given a yarmulke, and they all pray together in Hebrew. Once finished, he already goes to remove the hat, and his dad chides him to keep it on. Oh, some things never change. They leave him alone to work with the body, and Art assures them that he won't mess it up. Bet he does. He unzips the body bag, revealing the knife still protruding from his chest. Oh my god, he groans. He gets to work removing the blade, and it's really stuck in there, taking some serious effort to even get it out. Hamish expresses suspicions about Art to his father, but Saul thinks that he is being genuine. You should have heard him on the phone. He really wants to make a fresh start. Hamish does say that he loves the kid, but still doesn't trust him, and well, rightfully so. He cuts open Yosil's shirt, seeing the amulet is still around his neck. Art carefully removes it, and his eyes shoot open. This startles him, causing him to butterfingers the amulet, and it shatters on the ground. Instantly, the lights in the room all cut off, meaning that the demon has been let loose. Saul checks in to make sure that he didn't screw anything up, and Art sheepishly tells him everything is fine, quickly brushing the broken evidence down a drain. Despite the fib, he can still tell that Art is spooked, and Yosil convulses again, which really freaks him out. Saul tells him to relax, it's just rigor mortis, but then when examining the knife, it appears to give him pause. He tells Art that he can finish up the rest on this one, and tells him to get some rest. Art starts to say that he has a question for him, but leaves the matter for now. Saul calls after, asking him to please try to get along with Hamish, and he's super glad that he's back. Arthur agrees, still looking a bit shifty. Saul returns to the blade, 
curiously eyeing some carvings on the handle. Yo, Seal, what have you been up to? He wonders to himself. Art finds Claire already asleep in bed and is lured away by distant whispers. Down in the morgue, there's more whispering, focusing in on Yosil's body. A door creaks open down the hall, and he peeks inside. The whispers become much louder, and it looks like a force goes right at Arthur. Then there's a loud ringing in his ears that soon subsides. After this, he appears in a daze, perhaps possessed, or at least under the demon's influence. Later that night, both are fast asleep, and the same kind of force approaches Claire. The door creaks, waking her up, and there's nothing there. She tries to rouse Art, but he's unresponsive, his face obscured strangely in shadow. She sleepily walks to the bathroom and stretches in front of the mirror. In the bedroom, the door opens by itself. She flips the light switch off, and as soon as she leaves, they click back on. From the closet, a ghostly Yosil emerges and lunges at her, placing his hands right on her pregnant tummy. Luckily, it's just a nightmare, and she croaks awake in the morning. But we already know what the demon is after. It is the child taker and everything. Not too big of a mystery there. Saul continues investigating the blade and puts a call in to an expert on such matters. Hiam! He reads the words from the knife, and he recognizes them as part of an ancient warding inscription. It's one of God's hidden names written backwards. So not good, probably evil. It's used for invoking demons or spirits, Shadim in Hebrew. Hayam doesn't really see much cause for alarm. Who in today's world has the know-how to seal a demon in a body? Nobody, right? Besides, there has to be a pendant to, and Saul didn't see one. So what's with all the drama? Too bad his lousy kid is keeping secrets again. With no pendant or seal, he says the worst that the demon can do is mess with your mind. As long as it's in a body, it's powerless. In the morning, Claire goes in search of her hubby, and to Saul's surprise, he was up early and wanting to lend a hand. He credits her influence for his change in behavior. Saul has to check out Yosil's body and notices the web of dark veins emanating from the knife wound. He pulls his eyes open wider, seeing it is still milky. He goes on to grab a book, but ultimately decides to just leave it be, convinced that he's just driving himself crazy. He marks Barry on his file, and after walking away, the word starts to smear, just like blood. Out front, Hamish is about to deliver Sarah's body, along with Art, who happened to leave his phone in the hearse. Hamish answers a call for him and learns about the real reason Art has returned. He won't be getting that loan he needs unless his father's business is also signed over as collateral. Oh man. He's got to get it signed tonight or the deal is gone for good. Hamish sighs in disappointment. I'll be sure to tell him and finds an envelope in the seat that catches his eye. Saul sings a traditional song and Claire curiously watches on. He marvels at her also more traditional outfit and explains that every Friday night men sing to their wives. Beauty is just a passing breath. It's kindness and humanity that the soul truly requires. He understands the burden of investing so much in internal meaning. It's hard for outsiders to understand. Comforting others in their grief didn't help him with his own grief. He laments in his perceived failings with his boy. Perhaps he should have spoken more or shouted less. He isn't sure. Sometimes reflection comes too late. She must still have that nightmare with Yosil on her mind and inquires if it's possible that souls ever call out to him for help. He acknowledges that they do and the dead are just like the living. They still need love. Their tender time is trounced with Hamish barreling through the doors with news of Art's secret plan. He feebly tries to excuse himself but Hamish is way too loud and overbearing. It's all a game. He's a thief. He didn't come to reconcile. He came to use you. Claire obviously had no idea, but Saul is furious, shouting for everyone to shut up. Art scoffs and flees in cowardice. His father turns to his new friend as well, spitting that he can't even speak to her right now. She definitely did not know what Art was up to and tries to talk turkey with him back in their room. He's already packing up to leave and she doesn't want to. She wants the truth. He finally spills the beans. He hasn't sold a house in two years and thusly got the bank to refinance their home. Yep, also did this without her knowledge. Kind of a douche, just as Hamish has been implying. Love ya, but don't trust ya. She's even more confused, as he is the one who told her to leave her job. Why would that make any sense, considering? She's also been naively picking out stuff for the baby while he's been lying to her for two years. They're supposed to be having a family, and she's just dumbfounded. What was his plan here, exactly? Did he see just how 
how hurt his dad looked when he learned the news? He aggressively slams the door and fumes over his own troubled relationship with religion. That holiness downstairs, God and what have you, it's all a lie. He watched his mother run away in that room. When he asked his dad for any kind of solace, he suggested for him to go pray. So he prayed for God to not take her and show mercy. He went on until there were no more words on the page to read and begins to weep at the memory. Claire knows that the only way to fix things is to talk to his dad right now and make this right. If they leave and he leaves things unresolved, he will regret it for the rest of his life. Hart defends that he wasn't trying to trick him. He simply hasn't found the right moment yet to broach the subject. He sobs. He never meant to hurt anyone, apologizing into her bosom. It does seem Art is finally going to talk to his pops, finding him down in the morgue. Hard at work, as always. He makes a few attempts in vain to psych himself up, but for some reason just can't bring himself to face his father. Well, get ready to regret it forever, just as Claire warned. Ha, <laughs> way to go, idiot. After he leaves, Saul hears something from outside, and the lights start to flash. A nearby curtain eerily blows. The main doors fling open, briefly seeing a large creature amongst the dark. The lights strobe erratically, and a large dark arm reaches for him. He goes for the door, but it's locked, and darkness swallows the room entirely. Saul brings up a lantern, coming face to face with a bizu in the flesh, a massive antler demon creature. Saul whimpers, hearing him choking in pain, followed by a loud thud. Well, sayonara, Saul. On Yosil's tag, the letters are completely washing away at this point. In the morning, Art finds out the hard way that he blew his for real last chance to reconcile with his dad, discovering a group of others gathered around his body down in the morgue. Art is shocked at the sight, asking what happened. His heart gave out, he's told, but Hamish begs to differ. It was Art who broke his heart. He stuffs the contract in his face and see that his dad did sign it, showing he really was truly a great man. He was willing to give up his life to ensure his son would be taken care of. So, uh, what happened? to art, huh? Definitely kid's kind of a douche. He asks for a moment to grieve alone. He then gently removes his dad's wedding band and breaks down in tears, eyeing down towards the broken amulet still waiting in the drain. At his dad's wake, Art is looking shell-shocked with his arm bound in a teflon, a set of small leather boxes with leather straps containing scrolls inscribed with Torah verses. Hamish isn't faring too well either and drinks his sorrows away. He leads the group in a high-spirited song in mourning of Saul. They tear at their garments to represent the grief of the loss and the anguished song continues. Art is listlessly scrawling something in the armchair. Hamish, clearly blaming him in some way, gets right up in his face. Art gets overwhelmed and leaves in a hurry, seeing that he has left a familiar symbol behind. He undoes the teflon, and his solitude is shattered by a loud thud from the door. He opens it, peering out to nothing. The mezuzah, designed to protect the house from forces of evil, starts to crack. Clearly, the evil is getting more powerful. The blaring static returns, and Art is looking possessed again, his eyes glazed over. In the kitchen, Claire closes the fridge door to a surprise visitor, Sarah giving her quite a fright. She follows her into the other room, seeing her hiding behind a covered mirror. There's a ghostly whoosh and the shape is gone. Claire catches her breath and pulls back the sheep, but nope, nada. She spins back, now seeing Sarah behind her, but strangely not visible in the mirror. Once more she turns and the girl is there staring at her sullenly. She asks, what does she want? And the sheet flutters over her head. Help me, the girl screeches, and she vanishes once more, all making it look like Claire is acting nuts. Remember what Haim said about how the demon messes with your head? It's essentially trapping Claire in a false reality. Better be careful with that. She runs to Art, finding him still frozen at the door. She tries to explain the strangest going on. Something is really wrong here. He only zombie walks back into the room, grumbling that he needs to get some sleep in response. Night falls, and the lights are back on the fritz. Art is awoken by more demonic growling and scratching in the house. He comes out into the main hall and sets out carving an ornate symbol on the floor, the same one seen at Yosil's. Yep, definitely possessed, and this must be what the demon is commanding him to do. He snaps out of the trance and is back on the rug. No sign of the fancy symbol there, it appears. He comes to Claire, looking visibly shaken up. He sobs and sputters through tears 
neighbors that he thinks he's going crazy. Claire believes that at this point, it is best for them to get out of here. Uh, yeah, good call. They do still need to deal with Yosiel's body, but now all the words on the form have completely faded away. Art is short on answers, and they ask for Hamish. Art croaks that he doesn't work here anymore, and it must have been a pretty big blow-up, admitting that he even deleted his number. There's nothing else he can do, and they suggest to put his personal shit on the back burner to get this properly handled. Bungling it all up, as usual, Art, in some half-brain attempt to figure things out. After finding Yosiel's keys, he pays his place a visit. It looks pretty much the same as we last saw it, covered in symbols and a black puddle on the floor. There's strange noises and whispers all around him. Amongst the office walls stuffed with research, he finds a typewriter. The last words written, forgive me. Luckily, Yosiel documented his dealings with the dastardly demon, finding a tape labeled summoning attempt number five. He sounds quite troubled, saying that he doesn't know what's real anymore. Days inside of nightmares, inside of dreams. He knows at the very least, somewhere amongst all the madness, that he made a terrible mistake. It's a trickster, a shapeshifter, an ancient predator. Art spots a symbol poking out from under some books, which he pushes away. A bezo. Yo, seal croaks and the tape cuts off. He picks up the wood and removes a panel. He reaches into the floor and retrieves what looks like an article of clothing. There's another tape for him to check out, The Miracle of Sarah, with miracle scratched out. Yeah, not exactly a miracle. Now it's time for a word from this week's sponsor, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They're here with an answer to an age-old question, what's for dinner? Now you can go look up recipes, run out to the store, and then start cooking. Or you can let Home Chef do, well, most of the hard work for you, with delivery right to your door. You still do have to do the cooking, but cooking is fun. And there's a lot of satisfaction when you put together a delicious home-cooked meal on your own. It's great as they give you up to 40 different weekly recipes with something for everyone, so there's always something new and different to try. They sent me a box to check out for myself, and I absolutely loved all the different recipes. It couldn't be easier to put the meal together either, with pre-portioned ingredients so there's never any waste, plus the included recipe cards have pictures and step-by-step directions that make it super easy to follow. That way you're enjoying a fresh, delicious home-cooked meal in no time. If you want to try out HelloFresh for yourself, check out my special offer. Go to HelloFresh.com Ending60 and use code Ending60 for 60% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com Ending60 and use code Ending60 for 60% off plus free shipping. At the parlor, Claire encounters the ghostly form of Ada. Of course, poor sweet Claire has no idea the lady has been dead for quite some time, and it was her death that sent Yosiel down his path of darkness. Anything to bring her back. Ada inquires if this is the home of Saul. She tells her they're no longer in the funeral business, and she disagrees. The two of them very much have business. It's her husband that they're housing down in cold storage. Arthur pops in the VHS, and Yosiel proclaims that he's finally found the cure for death. After months of difficult trial by error, he's believed he conjured the Archangel of Life. He calls this symbol on the floor the interface between heaven and earth. He continues that today is the day he will bring Ada back from heaven, seeing an alive Sarah there with him. There's a wave of demonic growls, which Yosiel believes is their cue to begin. Yeah, usually it's like, Wow, I think they, they're ready for us now. Let's, let's get started on this thing. He assures the girl that she can bring back his wife. Just step into the circle, honey. Sarah is lifted into the air by the demon, giggling that it tickles. Yosiel senses something is amiss and gets launched away. The force takes the girl, violently slamming her into the floor. He cries for her, and the black smoky mass whooshes by with a glimpse of a bizu. Before the tape cuts out, he gets a call from Claire asking about Ada. He's just about a warner, but the call cuts off. Claire thinks they should wait for him, but she moans that she just wants to see her sweet husband's face. Please! On the rickety elevator,
elevator, Ada grabs at her tummy. What a sweet time, she coos, and then cryptically tells her it shouldn't be much longer for you. Oh, I mean the baby. It shouldn't be much longer for the baby. I can tell with these things, she claims. Ada somehow immediately knows her husband's resting place, excusing, oh, it's written right there on the tag. Nothing weird going on here. Claire again tries to delay for art and probably doesn't want to see a body either. Ada sees no reason to wait, tasking her to slide his body out. She's horrified at the sight. Ada mentioning that she must recognize him from her dream. Claire doubles over in pain, groaning, what have you done to me? Ada clarifies, it's not her, it's a dream, and she's been infected. The pain gets more severe, and Ada warns that there are many lost souls out there calling out for help. Only she can stop this curse before it's too late. She points her to the amulet and places blame on it. You must burn it. It's from this we suffer, and so will you. This is all obviously another ruse from the demon to get what it wants. Claire sets the amulet on fire, and instantly Yosil's body follows suit. Amongst the flames, the demon is seen. Claire shrieks, and it roars right back, sending her hoofing it to the elevator. Now that the amulet is burned, the demon's vessel is destroyed as well, meaning Abizu is now at full power as well as now dangerous. Claire pounds at the elevator door buttons to no effect. The doors to the morgue burst open, and one by one, the lights shut off down the hallway. She slams the doors closed and hides at the back, only seeing blackness ahead. She tentatively reaches for the button, and the demon slashes her away. The elevator works at least, and she comes up on the main floor. But things are completely falling apart here, indicating Abizu now can take over the entirety of reality. She staggers to the door, but it's locked, Natch. No easy way out of this one. She tries to call Art, and the phone is ripped right out of her hands, going into the middle of the circle. Uh-oh, don't go in there. We saw what happened with Sarah. Art appears to answer, but it's more subterfuge. His voice changes to a devilish growl, teasing her to come closer. The elevator doors are heard, meaning the thing has made it upstairs. She hides under a table, hearing Ada approaching. She walks through the room, and Claire covers her hands to stay quiet. The lady appears to stomp off, and Claire braves a peek. She looks over, and her feet are right there. She backs up, hurting herself on some glass, and the old lady is now right next to her. Yeah, she's spry. Quick. Art arrives at the trashed house, screeching for his wife. Sarah greets him, curious what he's doing. Where's my wife? He yells, and the girl points to her nearby passed out on a couch. Claire heaves awake, and he attempts to carry her to safety, yet right as he hits the threshold of the house, he's blipped back into the same room. Yeah, the demon is definitely in control around here now. A life for a life, Sarah smirks. He refuses to listen and attempts another pointless escape, only to once more get teleported back. Not very quick on the uptake there, Artie boy. Sarah makes it clear what she's after, pointing to some children playing outside. No more pain, no more fear, she offers. Art pieces things together. You want me to get you a child? Potentially falling down to the same darkness as Yosiel before. He refuses to do it, and the whispers assault his mind. They subside, and the room is now empty. From what we can tell, at least, he broke the trance and is back to reality. Hard to say for sure at this point, though. With nowhere else to turn, Art reaches out to Hamish, who is at least willing to lend a hand. He takes in the house's crumbling state and requests to see the tape. He processes what he just saw and makes extra sure that's the thing in the house? Art thinks so, at least, and it has his wife. Hamish knows just the expert to contact. I am soon joining the party. He stops in his tracks at the symbol, noting it's a sigil, a sacrificial altar to those who enter it. So yeah, don't go on that thing. Got it. He's worried that Art has already fed it, but is unsure if his wife has been in the circle already. As soon as seeing the ash that makes up Yosiel's remains, Hyam knows that the demon has been freed. Its vessel has been shattered. A light explodes by Art's head, and they find the amulet. Mm, finally. Haim stresses that they have to finish what he started. For many years, the demon has been infecting people, forcing the bereaved and desperate to feed it. Then good old God intervened and got some chump Abraham to sacrifice his son. This allowed Abizu to remain dormant until Yosil absentmindedly brought it back. It will do whatever it takes, with the ultimate goal of getting a child in the sigil. All 
Alternatively, as Yosiel successfully did before, you can trap the demon within the amulet. Still gonna cost a life though. Art takes the blade, pointing it towards himself in consideration. Will I give my own life to save my wife and children and finally not be a selfish dumbass for a change? Well, let's hope. Haim nods that there is no other way. They must complete the binding ritual. Importantly, once you finish your ass circle, you must not stop no matter what. The doors fling open and Haim's neck is snapped. Ah, dang. Seemed like that guy would have really come in handy. Oh well, I'm sure Art will figure it out. Abizu makes an appearance and all the lights explode. Art quickly lays out the ash and Hamish vanishes. It looks like he's back in the fake reality, coming across his confused dad in the room. It's another form of the sinister shapeshifter who cries that he was a fool. Do whatever it asks. Hamish grabs his shoulder, bringing him back to the real world. He stammers that he saw his father and he's reminded that that wasn't really him. He gives him his dad's prayer book, telling him this was Saul. He places the amulet around his neck, getting him to finish the circle and make sure to stay in it no matter what, dude. Abizu emerges, crawling along the wall and launches Hamish into the air. He reaches out for him and is dragged across the floor, then hearing him getting torn to shreds off screen. Well, I guess it's all up to art now. Okay. He stares around the room, slack-jawed, and begins to read from his father's book. The demon doesn't appreciate it, letting out a warning growl. He continues praying, and Claire stumbles out. The doors swing closed, hearing her screaming in horror just on the other side. Art apparently just can't help himself and steps out of the frickin' circle. As soon as doing so, the demon's ringing is back in his ears. At this point, you're like, he totally porked the whole thing. Just can't do what he's supposed to do with this guy. He fights back against the force until it becomes so intense that it stops him in his tracks. He steps out into the main hall, seeing Claire clutching to a window high up and books are blown around all over the place. He starts to climb after her and the window shatters, almost causing her to tumble out. He continues praying, undeterred in his mission, but the ink starts to fade away, which will prove troublesome. Surprisingly, he is able to harness the power of his Jewish faith and actually remember the rest of the prayer without written aid. I know, way to go, Art. Didn't think he had it in kid. He finishes with an amen, and the black smoke emerges, billowing right into his body. It takes him over, covering his skin in black veins. He fights against himself to go for the knife. It gets ripped right from his grasp, forcing him to painfully keep crawling. He reaches his physical limit and slumps motionless on the floor. No! Claire shrieks, but perhaps not all hope is lost. There's footsteps, and he chokes awake, appearing that Hamish is alive after all. He makes his way to the dagger. Do it, Art groans. Hamish is hesitant, and he demands that he do it. He plunges the blade deep, and Art collapses, his eyes returning to normal. I mean, we already know he got tricked, right? As Hamus growls, he should have stayed in the circle. Yeah, I know. We all know, except for Art, apparently. What is the deal with that guy anyway? Seriously, all you had to do was stay in the circle. As he did not, he just died and did not trap the demon. It was all for nothing. Not only that, but he left the amulet behind too, meaning he got double tricked. That's double tricking good, man. Hamish smirks, and the room returns to his normal state, the real Hamish laying dead nearby. Whoopsies! With that final twist in the gut of what an absolute moron he is, Art perishes. Well, at least you tried, I guess. As for Claire, she gasps back under the table where we saw Ada take her. But now it's the morning, the sunlight shining in, making us think, mm, maybe it is all over. Sure looks like it, at least, seeing the house is back to its pre-collapsing state. Yet the shoe drops when Art appears alive and well to her surprise. He asks if she's okay, and grabs her stomach, growling, good. We we see that she's walked right into the circle. And without a bizu god the child that it was truly after the whole time. And I guess Claire's a goner too. Well, way to go y'all. Really blew it on this one. With that, we reach the conclusion of this inning explained for The Offering. But don't forget, before we go, you can send me requests for any movies or TV shows you'd like to see me explain by sending them my way on any of my social media accounts at Foundflix. What did you think of The Offering and its ending? What's your favorite streaming gem that you've uncovered? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. Thanks for watching Foundflix. See you next time. Well, hi, um.